Warning, this show may contain adult language that is not suitable for all audiences. This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to the interview edition of the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter, and we've got a lot of interviews to get to, as we do each and every week here on the TSN MMA Show interview edition. We're actually going to have more interviews later this week as part of our standard edition of the TSN MMA Show. We'll tack those on at the end, and uh, you will get some extra content with Felicia Spencer, with Shannon Knapp, with Rory McDonald. Lots more to come uh, this week. Busy week for, uh, for Mr. Bronstetter in terms of interviews. So tune into that a little bit later on this week. But we've got a lot of interviews to get you right about now. You've got the main event of this weekend's card. Cody Garbrandt and Rob Font both will join us on this week's TSN MMA show, as will Carla Esparza in the co-main event of this weekend's card against Yan Xiaonan. Big stakes in the women's strawweight division. A win for Carla could put her next in line for a title. She is the... Uh, the first person that Rose Namajunas fought for the title in the UFC, and she fell short against Esparza. So uh, also the only champion in the history of the strawweight division that uh, Rose Namajunas has not beaten. So interesting stakes uh, for Rose Namajunas if Esparza is able to get the win. That would uh, make her really the only strawweight that has beaten every single champion in the history of the division. Uh, a pretty, uh, pretty interesting designation if she's able to do that with wins over Jessica Andrade, Joanna Janjacek, and most recently, Zhang Veili. So let's see how that one plays out. But we've also got some more interviews to get to. you got Benil Dariush, who had a pretty big statement win over Tony Ferguson in the co-main event of UFC 262. He's going to take a little bit of time off, uh, waiting for his child to be born in uh, about five weeks' time. And when that happens, you know, he wants to spend some time with the little one. You can't blame him for that. He wants to return December, January, something along those lines. And he thinks that a title fight could be on the horizon for him. We'll uh, see how that plays out because there's a lot of moving parts right now in the lightweight division. And uh, while he looks to become a champion and Carlos Barza looks to become a champion, we have a new one championship heavyweight champion, Canadian slash Indian athlete Arjun Buller. Won the heavyweight championship of the world a couple weeks back against uh, Brandon Vera. It aired over the past weekend. He had to sit on that result for some time under embargo What's it called? A non-disclosure agreement? NDA? Signed an NDA? Wasn't allowed to talk about it, but we talked about it because now it has officially happened. Didn't happen until it aired. Now it's officially happened. So we talked to uh, Arjun Singh Buller about that, as well as his aspirations to enter the pro wrestling world and uh, how that is going. So here they are. Some great interviews for you. We'll start with Cody Nolov Garbrandt, who's in the main event of this weekend's UFC Fight Night card against Rob Font. He's in the main event against Rob Fontias, Cody No Love Garbrandt, who uh, apparently is entering the NFT space. I saw you put a post out there yesterday on Instagram. Uh, what, what can we expect from you uh, in the uh, the non fungible token space? Yeah, I'm very excited for that. You know, collaboration and project NFT. Um, you know, we dropping more uh, things this week and and following the fight, um, surprises and, and gifts, and just little things that you know, you know, commemorate a lot of my you know top five fights. Um, breaking them down kind of in depth of you know leading up to the fight during the fight after the fight kind of deal so it's pretty cool like to go back and revisit um you know and, and break those those performances down um so yeah it was pretty fun man. i'm excited to go out there and uh you know work on this project it was, it was a good time did you rank your your top five per, uh, fights personally? I'd love to hear what your list. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but what I want to hear. Actually, the list. no, I didn't. I didn't. The uh, company uh, Techno uh, 
techno uh, king did that um yeah it actually had great great i mean i probably would have done the same obviously um so yeah obviously the dominic cruz fight was the a good one but leading up to leading up to all of them were uh you know pretty pretty awesome fights you know there's enough highlights in that dominic cruz fight that you could make nft just <laughs> off of that one fight over the course of five rounds Hey, yeah, 25 minutes, man. There's a lot of uh, a lot of shit you can put in those uh, NFTs. But yeah, I'm excited to drop a lot of them. You know, a lot of them will be like, you know, one of ones, um, you know, and 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 things like that. So pretty excited for it. Yeah, it's great. I know Francis Ngannou had some good success with that. He did, I think, a one of one of one as well. So uh, he seems to go yeah, he did well. yeah, yeah, he did a good one. Did really well. I uh, thought that was uh, good. You know, I think it's uh, a lot of you know athletes or you know celebrities are starting to do those and. Why not? You know, I jump on it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start talking about the fight. It's the main event, as I mentioned, is Rob Font uh, this weekend. What was your camp like? I know that last time we spoke, you had some trouble getting back to New Jersey because it was kind of right in the thick of COVID. But were you able to get back out to New Jersey, or did, did Coach Henry come to you at all? Yeah, actually, Coach Henry came to me. It was nice, you know, to have him in my home and you know show him the Cali lifestyle. You know, they've they taken care of me in Jersey, and you know, with the pizzeria and all the guys in Jersey, I love those guys, and, and obviously the, the girls too. That I train with uh, just you know it literally feels like a home away from home you know being in Jersey to Sacramento we're kind of like the same team kind of just different different locations just across the country but uh, yeah coach Mark was great he came out here and you know we got to work we did uh, you know amazing week of, of work and uh, you know coach Mark is um, you know I film all my sparring sessions and uh, send it to him we break them down weekly and you know, things I need to do, uh, adjust on, and, and just things like that. So, you know, that's how we did the Sunsoft fight, too. I did the whole eight weeks uh, of fight preparation at Team Alpha Male, obviously, because it was COVID and it was, you know, um, kind of restricted even even at, in California um, to do that. So that's what we did. We kind of said, like, basically uh, WhatsApp calls and got on the phone and FaceTimed, and he would send me all the codes and you know, write them out on text message and like the codes and whatever the name of the codes were and then the combination after. So I'm like, all right. And then some, hey, what, what was this one again? And like, oh, it's the, it's the under, you know, something. Uh, not to give any codes away, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So it'd be like, you'd send me like a list of 50 codes that would be in like, I right, do this, do this. So then, you know, me and my coaches out here, we would go over the codes and the names. So we'd all learn it. So it was basically just reps and reps and reps of, you know, hearing that code and just and firing it. You know, so um, that's what we were able to do. And, yeah, it feels great. You know, we're all here uh, quarantined right now. Just got done doing some COVID tests, waiting for them to come back negative, crossing our fingers. Uh, I'm going to do a little workout tonight, settle in, and uh, doing some media. And, you know, speaking with some media today. So uh, it's not bad, man. I'm excited. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, the media part specifically for me is not bad because I get, I get to get some of your time. But uh, yeah. <laughs> with uh, the codes, so Coach Holdsworth and Coach Castillo had to learn those those codes as well and kind and, of yell uh, them Coach, out to you in training? And Coach, yeah, Coach Malat, yep. So it's been great, man. Like, we all work together so well. Um, you know, we do do uh, amazing together. Um, we just click, man, and, and bringing Mark, Coach Mark into the mix has just been, been awesome, you know, just um, – what he brings to the table coaching and not even just that even outside of like fighting you know business and, you know just just life that you know he he shares on and stuff so i'm forever grateful for coach mark to take me into his camp and the guys out there you know it's it's been really nice 
Now, for, for Rob Font, tell me a little bit about him. What have you seen from him? Uh, what do you like about his game? And what do you think is going to make this an exciting fight? Oh, man. Um, yeah, Rob Font. You know, I got... I think that, you know, he's a skilled fighter. You know, I think he does things well inside the octagon. Obviously, you don't get to be top five in the UFC not being a skilled fighter. Um, I just feel like his weaknesses or my strengths and his strengths, I'm better than him at, you know. Um, so just really about sticking to my game plan, doing the fight, you know, um, staying patient in there and uh, just picking my shots and wherever the fight goes, it'll go. And just know that I have supreme confidence in my skills and my will uh, to break this man in there and get this win. And you were toying with a, a move down to 125 pounds. You don't really have to change anything in order to do that, right? Like, I mean, you're, you're probably walking around at your normal fight week weight at around 145 kind of thing leading up to this fight? Yeah, I mean, this camp, I actually um, stayed heavier. Um, I was probably hovering around like 153, which was nice. Um, and then right now I woke up this morning at 146. So, I mean, I don't – so I go from like 145 to 150 pretty easy you know up and down depends on you know the workload you know and the, the eating um but yeah i would just i don't i don't diet i don't i watch what i eat obviously i eat clean but i'm not oh, i can eat this i can eat that should i just had sushi two nights ago or a night ago you know a big meal of sushi and um yeah so i mean 25 is obtainable uh, it's very obtainable uh, we'll see you know we'll see I, I love my division you know um, I want to be the king of this division again. There's a lot of future exciting matchups that can unravel. Um, but we have a little dilemma at the top with Aljamain and, and Jan, whatever's going to go on with that. But, uh, you know, the flyweight title fights a few weeks after mine or, right, a few weeks after yeah, mine or a week yeah, after mine. A couple so, weeks after, yeah. A couple weeks. So, hey, I'll maybe keep my weight low if, you know, if, you know, Fat Boy Figgy has missed weight before. So maybe if they want me to. You know, stick around, pay me a little bit to go out and fight uh, as a replacement. I'll do that. But, uh, you know, and if Figgy wins, then, you know, that's, that's what I'll go after is the 25 and figure out what uh, is going to go on at 35-pound division because that's that's a very exciting division. I think it's the best division in the UFC. Um, I think you have, what, eight current or, few, you know, past UFC champions in the division. Um, I don't think any other division has that. Yeah, I guess with a win or a loss, regardless of what happens, I think you're next in line for a flyweight title shot if you so choose to move down. It seems like that would make a lot of sense uh, regardless. But I, I think when you look at the bantamweight uh, picture right now, as you mentioned, we don't know when Aljamain is going to be uh, coming back and, and doing that rematch with Jan. You've got Sanhagen and TJ. There just seem to be a lot of moving parts right now where the belt, you know, probably an optimistic view for you to compete for that belt would be like early to mid next year, correct? For the bantamweight division, yeah, I mean it depends on what Aljamain's doing. He's obviously the undercrowned or, or sorry, crowned um, bantamweight champion, if you call it that. <laughs> I mean, that's. <laughs> but while he has it, I mean, he he went and got neck surgery, right? So the you know, well, okay, yeah, he has that, but he, he really won the title and he's parading around like he's a champion. Then he has neck surgery, so he has, his, you know, I'm going to hold on to this title and I got to get healthy. Okay, I get that. But you're not the champion holding the division. You got it was a no contest, and you're getting your ass whooped the whole entire fight. You know, it's not was like it was even a you know 
I see it was a close fight and that happened, you know. But it is what it is. I'm focused on myself, focused on this fight with Rob Font, you know. Um, and if it's destined to be at 35 or 25, then I guess we'll, you know, talk to the boss man after the fight and, and see what they want us to do. If you were to guess, do you think Figueredo walks around heavier than you do? Uh, 100%, for sure, definitely. He's been at my camp a few times, and I know for a fact that he's bigger than me, and he walks around bigger than me. Obviously, fat boy missed weight before, you know? I mean, and there's a lot of flyweights that walk around heavier than me. I mean, I would have to diet, you know, to make 25. At 35, I don't diet. I eat what I want. 25 wouldn't even be a hard cut for me. It would just be, you know, dieting. You know, I can eat whatever I want all camp, throughout camp. I enjoy it. I'm happy. You know, 25 would just be to go down there and get a title and, you know, and do that. I, I'm excited for that and, and wait to see what happens with the – you know, the flyweight division, or I'm sorry, the bantamweight division, but, you know, with our fights being so close together with the flyweight, you know, title fight and then my fight, it makes sense to me. I mean, I was already granted the title shot and obviously got COVID and I had had to pull out. So, um, you know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, man. Yeah, I mean, if, if that fight wasn't a draw, <laughs> it could be you fighting for that title in two weeks, right? I mean, yeah, all I was, these things happen. You just, it's, it's a wacky sport. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah it's, it is, man. It's, I mean, it's just even a blessing to be able to be here um, healthy to go in and fight inside a cage. I mean, there's so many things that can happen inside a training camp, inside of life itself. But in a job that what we do on the daily to train our bodies just to go there and, and fight in a steel cage is, um, you know, just you got to count your blessings to be here and be healthy and be, you know, hungry to fight. Do you feel like you're at your happiest? Like just talking to you right now, I get a sense that you're very laid back. You're very just happy with where you're at in life. I, I don't know when you were coming up, I imagine that there was just a lot of expectation on you, but we know what you can do now. I mean, we've seen it. So do you feel mm -hmm. a lot happier, a lot, uh, you know, more at peace with where you are in life? You know, I, I think you were like that going into the Sunset fight as well. Yeah, I was very um, at peace with myself because I know what I had to battle through to get to this spot. You know, I had a lot of dark times, you know. Um, I think we all do. And we kind of, you know, shun away from it and try to cover it up or not face it. But um, you have to battle those demons. And uh, that's what I was able to do. Um, and got the love and passion back for it. You know, I don't know why or why the passion and, and things happening in my life, you know, I'm grateful for them. I'm thankful for those times because it, I learned so much about myself and what I was able to come from and over um, to reclaim, you know, passion and love, you know, you look, at, look at it like this, you know, you're blessed to have a dream, you know, how many people go through this life just walking aimlessly with no passion or goals or drive you know people have motivation but motivation comes and goes so you can be motivated on monday oh, it's all right by tuesday your motivation is gone being a driven person um and being driven to go after and set goals that's a blessing in itself you know then you have the skills the speed the power the work ethic why not what are you going to lose just go for it you have and you're going to lose come fights it's it's you know you not Everyone can be undefeated and, and do that. Like Khabib, you know, he's, you know, uh, an example. But, um, you know, there, there's things that are going to happen in life, you know. And I feel like for me, I've always learned, had to learn the hard way in my life. Um, growing up 
the way I grew up and things that, you know, transpired in my life. But, you know, once I really feel um, at peace is when I am at peace with myself and my mind and my emotions and uh, the mental clarity that I have. Um, and I get that through pushing myself in uncomfortable positions inside of training. Like, knowing that my body can hold up and go and, and push myself for eight to ten weeks of camp of hell of doing things I don't want to do daily multiple times a day to the breaking point to the, you want to give up and quit and, and you keep coming back you know an hours later the next day the next day till you're eight weeks in and now you're here at fight week and you know you've left no uh stone unturned that's why I'm at peace with myself because I know that I've done everything in my power to go out there and have a performance on Saturday and get this win. It's up to whoever now. You know, whatever happens inside is going to happen. I know what I did. My part's done. It's, you know, a couple more days of hard work, getting some workouts in, going over the game plan, making the weight. Now it's time to have fun, man. Like, you put so much pressure and, you know, um, you know, I guess, you know, pressure on yourself or people around you do to, it has to be perfect to fight. It's, it's, it's a fight in there. You know, things aren't going to be perfect. You're not going to be look, look the best each round. You know, you're going to get tired you're going to get fatigued, exhaustion sets in. And that's when you have to have the willpower to push through. And that's what I'm able to do. And that's what I'm willing to do inside there to get this win because, you know, it's 25 minutes, 25 minutes of hell to advance in life, to open more doors in your life, you know, I never set out to just be a UFC fighter. I set out to be the best and the world champion. And that's why I'm um, back on this this climb, this journey to do. And you mentioned Khabib and, and how most fighters do have to, to lose in their career. Look at this past weekend with Charles Oliveira. I think any fighter that wants yeah. to become a champion one day is going to draw inspiration from his story. That he started 10 eight and one no contest in his first 19 UFC fights and still was able to push through that and become a champion. I think anybody that loses and thinks that it's the end of the world can look at that example and, uh, and, and prosper in, in their career. I think that's, that goes for in life too. I think everyone wants that, you know, especially now this day and age, that quick um, rise to fame, rise to this and that, but like, man, it takes years and years of, work and setbacks and you know and and obstacles and adversity to overcome to like really really truly love what you do to wake up every day and like this is not a job for everybody this is not this is why everyone can't do this this is why there's so many people that sit on the couch and and buy the pay-per-view and are the you know monday morning quarterbacks you know when it comes to this because it's it's not a life that many would choose to do and how you have to, you know, looking at a lot of us started out, there's no money in it. There's travel around gyms and, you know, self-funding everything, you know, until, you know, the UFC started blowing up the last 20 years and, you know, really using, you know, the platforms and building stars and getting the money up and, you know, it's still going, it's still going. Um, but, you know, life, life is, a, is a marathon. You know, some people just think it's a sprint or expect it to be a sprint, but life's a marathon. And that's, like you said, one thing with Oliveira you can see is that, you know, he put the work, you know, like Dustin Poirier says, it's like paid in full. You know, that dude's paid in full. You got to pay your dues in this sport. And, you know, that's one thing. You can't cheat the system. You can't cheat this sport. It's always going to show up one way or another. And one fight and in some aspects of your career, if you try to cheat the system, it's going to show up, and it's going to show up in the worst way. 
Well, that's why I love covering the sport. I draw inspiration from uh, you and the other great athletes of the UFC every single week to know what you guys have gone through to get to just this one moment. It's, it's pretty hey, one moment. It's our Super Bowl, man. We don't get 16 weeks. Like, hey, we don't get next Sunday. Like, hey, you got, you know, your next Sunday. Let's go watch play. You know, this is our this is our Sunday. This is our Super Bowl. This is our chance to go out there, and you know, make this opportunity met with preparation. And that's that's it, man. Like a lot of people who just shell away from that. You know, they get scared and they get nervous. It's like it's just one shot. Like, and who knows? You might not fight for a year. You know, I fight for you know who's next. Who your next fight going to be? You know, so it's like going out there and just, man, just it's a season the moment, you know, season the moment and capturing it and never letting it slip. That was Eminem lyric. <laughs> well, we'll call it the Cody Bowl. It sounds a lot cooler. <laughs> the Cody Bowl is this Saturday. You're not brought on the main event. Eminem doing the halftime show. <laughs> Appreciate Let's your time. Go. Thanks for this. Cody, best of luck against Rob Bont on Saturday. All right, man. Thanks. He's in the main event this weekend against Cody Garbrandt. He is Rob Font, coming off a massive win against uh, Marlon Reich a while back. And the names just keep getting bigger. you got Cody No Love ahead of you, uh, a former champion. Do you consider this to be the biggest fight of your career? I imagine uh, that's the way you look at every up-and-coming fight. 100%, you know, 100%. Uh, former champ. You know, this guy's, this guy's a killer, man. He can, he can finish a fight with either hand. And, um, you know, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's, I'm excited. We're here. Um, I think I'm in a good spot as far as mentally, physically, uh, maturity as well for this fight, and um, I'm excited. What do you think is the biggest threat that he poses to you? Do you think it's it's just the hands, or do you think that maybe he starts to mix things up again with his wrestling a bit? Um, yeah, you know, I, I do believe, um, you know, if he mixes it up, and, and, and he could be a he could be a lot harder of a fight. Um, but that's anybody, you know, that's anybody in, in the game. Um, Obviously, you saw what he could do with his hands. Uh, that a sound cell fight. That was that was some crazy shit, you know. Uh, the way he just ducked and threw that big bomb. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this is this is dangerous. The guy can wrestle. He comes from a, a wrestling background. Comes from a, a solid team. And, and um, this is this is a tough tough fight. And it's kind of one of those things. Be careful what you ask for, man, because you're gonna get it, you know. <laughs> Well, the bantamweight division uh, certainly has no shortage of uh, of, of killers uh, ahead of you. But you're on quite the streak, I guess. What do you got? You got Sergio, Sergio Pettis, who just won the Bellator championship, uh, I guess, a week or two ago. You got uh, Marais, and I'm, there's someone else wedged in between. There was another big name. Uh, Ricky Simone. Ricky Simone, yeah. So you got some you got some pretty big notches on the belt as of late. But a win over Cody, where do you think that puts you in the division? Because we're, we're seeing things move along a little bit, but uh, Aljo's out with uh, with surgery. Do, do you think that basically puts you one win away from, from the next shot? Yeah, I do believe I'm one win away. Um, I was unfortunate. TJ got cut in uh, the Corey Sanhagen. So, <clears throat> I'm sorry, that Corey Sanhagen and uh, TJ fight didn't play out. Um, I, do, I do believe I got to see how that uh, – I got to wait for, the, for that fight and then obviously the championship fight. But um, I do believe – I went over Cody. I'm one fight away from that belt. Well, Cody might be one fight away from a different belt, the flyweight belt. He's talked about moving down in the past. Do you feel like he's got a foot out the door? Um, uh, I you know I, I don't want to say that, but if he is, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take advantage of it. You know, I'm gonna take advantage of him overlooking me. Um, you know, I, it's weird because I didn't I was not even thinking Cody Garbrandt. Um, I, I honestly thought it was gonna be TJ or Jose Aldo. More realistically, probably more Jose Aldo, um, especially since we fought in the same card. Um, but um, they threw out his name. I was like, hell yeah, just is great. Big, big name, huge following, uh, former champ. Um, and it's a fun fight, you know. So, um, 
yeah, but you know, I, th- I thought he was going on a 25 uh, and, and trying to fight for that belt, but we here, main event. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> was this fight being a main event uh, important to you? Uh, I, I imagine when they brought his name up, they said it's probably going to be five rounds. And uh, that that does that appeal to you, or do you prefer a three round fight? Um, you know, it's it's there. There, obviously, it's is a lot more that comes to you know fighting in the main event. Um, you know, I don't plan on going five rounds, but then there's, there's a lot more uh, focus you have to come. You know, when, when it comes to fighting in a five round fight, especially with a guy like uh, Cody Garbrandt. So, um, you know, but I was fortunate enough to do it with Calvin three times, and, and, and um, I, I've seen it. I know the process. I know the walk. I've seen it all. So um, I just got to go out there and have fun and, and put my hands on this guy. So for your CES days when you were the champion, were those five-round fights? Have you gone into the championship rounds before? I haven't. I haven't. Um, so uh, we obviously we've always I've uh, been prepped for a fight. I helped Calvin prep for a five-round fight, but I have never actually fought five rounds. I think of Cody. I guess Cody had when he fought Cruz, but I think that might be the only time that he's gone into the into the championship rounds. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he decision with Cruz, and then finish, finish, and then yeah, so yeah. So, yeah. so this is his first. Yeah. I guess technical fight round, fight two. So and yeah, I guess his cardio held up well in that fight. So uh, you know that's especially if you're chasing Dominic Cruz around. So uh, I guess it's just it's going to be. Seen whether or not five rounds is, is suited to you, or if, if it gets there. If I, yeah. I'm not, if, if I'm a betting man, I don't think it gets there personally. Yeah, no, um, I definitely don't see it going that way. Um, if it does, you know, obviously, um, I plan on winning the decision, but uh, this is going to be a fun, fun fight, man. Now we saw what happened with Calvin in the fight against Max Holloway. I'm sure everybody's asking you about Calvin, even though you've got your fight coming up. But I'm wondering if it had an impact on your camp at all, because I imagine he's probably wanting to take it easy. Uh, I know you guys are a very tight knit group. Did it have any sort of impact on your preparation? Um, just not sparring him. That's it. You know, just not sparring him, um, Calvin. Um, obviously still drilling. Obviously still have him in my corners when I, when I do spar. And, um, you know, just that's about it. But, um, you know, we probably won't have, we probably wouldn't have used him anyways for sparring. He's a little taller, um, than, than Garbrandt. Obviously he's, he's, he's a great boxer. Um, but we, you know, besides that, he, he's still here. He's still around. He's, um, Obviously not taking any damn. I'm sorry, any contact right now. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing. He's still there, every practice, all the sparring rounds, and um, just giving giving me tips, and um, in, in preparation for this fight. Yeah, I guess again, I I don't mean to make you have to keep reliving this, but this guy's like a brother to you. You're in the corner uh, during that fight, and you know we we saw the numbers that got racked up in that fight in terms of damage, in terms of significant strikes. Was that difficult for you to have to go through that whole process with him because you're you're alongside him that whole ride? Yeah, it's tough. Man. It, was, it was definitely tough to see see uh, see your brother, you know, take that much damage, and 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 it would be lying if I didn't think about do we throw this cow in? Like it, it was rough. It got rough, you know. Um, um, yeah, it, it, it was hard on all of us, really. Um, but it also, we learned a lot. You know, we learned a lot. I think um, it was an off night for Calvin, but even better, a better night for Max. You know, that guy went off. He just he was just, you know, throwing everything in the kitchen sink. Uh, but then, you know, you, you see how tough Calvin was. That was inspiring, too, as well. So there, there were some things we took from it. Um, but, yeah, it was unfortunate. And with Calvin, I mean, I think you guys made the right choice by not throwing in the towel. I mean, I'm, I'm on the outside looking in, of, of course, but... I'm sure you know how hard this guy hits in practice. You see what he still yeah. has, and he was still throwing yeah. big shots in the fourth, yeah. right? Like it looked like he yeah. was still in it. Yeah. So um, you know, yeah, definitely, because like, because it was getting rough during the fight, but then 
when the, you were in the in the corner, he was like still there. He was confident. He he was he was um you know he he wasn't all the way out. But then watching you like fuck like it, this is getting crazy like. But then we would get back to the corner. He's like yeah I'm good, I'm fine. I think I think I'm getting closer. And you're like all right man just keep going. But it, it was tough. And then again he had so much power and 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 that will to win. You just you just never know that it it could have been that last minute he just catches something and puts him away. So but didn't go that way. He learned from that. He 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 licked his wounds. He and he you know he he's gonna I think he's gonna make him a better fighter for sure. How much sparring did you do for this camp? You mentioned you and uh, Calvin didn't do any together, but uh, did you do you know a lot of rounds in preparation for this particular fight? Um yeah, so we did probably a good solid four and a half weeks of sparring. Um, one of just pure boxing sparring, and then uh, I'm sorry, uh, one day of just pure boxing sparring. It was Tuesday, and then Saturday, um, full MMA sparring. So. And who did you get those rounds in with, for the most part? Um, so there's a guy named Brandon Higgins and uh, Matt Doherty. And then uh, as far as uh, the MMA rounds, my boy uh, Teki Matsuda and uh, um, Sam Manini. All right. And, and with this particular fight, again, when you, when you look at the, at the rankings, do you think that your next opponent would be um, the winner of San Hagen and Dillashaw, because we don't really know what's going on with the division. Do you think that that's the logical next step? I don't. I don't think. I think um, unless the title fight takes forever to uh, obviously get booked and, and to play out, um, I, I would see one of the guys win the fight and want to fight for a title. Um, I honestly haven't really thought about it too much, but I would assume I would probably get the loser of the championship fight and. Uh, say like if it's Peter or, or, or Aljo, probably one of those guys, and then fight for a title. But you never know with you know with injuries and, and the sports crazy, so you never know. Uh, I definitely will will be prepared for um, that call um, if everything obviously once everything goes smooth on Saturday. But um, yeah, I think I, I do believe I'm one uh, one fight behind. I think there there might be an interim championship. I mean, this is neck surgery we're talking about. I I don't know if we're going to see Aljo compete this year. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely not. Um, yeah, um, I, I definitely wouldn't mind an intern belt. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I could see maybe, you know, the winner of the TJ and, and um, Corey Sanhagen fighting, fighting for the intern belt and then unifying once um, once the the championship fight plays out. All right, last question. Do you have a dream opponent? For, forget about the belt and all that, but is there somebody that you've pictured yourself in there with before where you're like, this would be fun, this would be a good matchup, this is somebody that I'd, I'd like to test myself against? Uh, probably Corey Sanhagen, man. That guy's scary, man. He's on fire right now. Um, you know, he's he's on he's on he's on a crazy streak, and he, he's uh, not streak, but he, he on, on, he's just killing it right now. I think he's probably the most dangerous fighter on the roster. I'm, I'm in the 35 division right now. Uh, I would say. All right, well, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Best of luck in the main event yourself versus uh, Cody Garbrandt. It's going to be a great one. Even money fight. That's that's the way that Vegas is seeing this. Uh, I'm guessing you probably don't see it the same way. You probably think that you should be the favorite. But uh, hey, you're in Vegas. <laughs> if you believe that way, you can you can you know put some yeah. put some calls out. <laughs> put the money up. Put the money out, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, nah, man. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, thanks again for having me on, man. So, uh, let's do this again after the fight. I'm now joined by the first ever UFC Women's Strawweight Champion of the World. That's Carla Esparza taking on Yan Xiaonan in the uh, co-main event this weekend. Uh, so this is a very exciting fight for you because I, I feel like the story has changed in terms of the way people are covering this fight 
because of the way the championship fight happened, you know, everybody was saying Zhao Nan's going to win. It's going to be China versus China. And now everybody's saying Esparza versus Rose, the rematch. It's something we need to make happen. Does any of that stuff bother you, get into your head or anything like that leading up to this one? Um, it's definitely been something that's been brought to my attention a lot. And um, I'm really trying to just focus on the fight in front of me and not be like, oh, that fight's going to be so good. Because I think that is a super intriguing fight for the fans. But I need to handle business first, obviously. Was there a part of you when you watched that championship fight that was kind of cheering for that to be the outcome because it would put you in a more favorable position? To be totally honest, I didn't watch the fight. Um, I knew that, like, for me, it was going to be very distracting. And, you know, I didn't want to get start game planning in my head against the winner of that fight before. So, like, I, I saw the highlight. But, um, no, I was kind of like, whoever wins, wins. Like, I want to fight the best and the best one. You go into a really hyper-focused mode when it comes to uh, your upcoming bouts. I know that you went on Instagram and said, your phone's off. Uh, you know, you're not going to be able to reach me this week. How long have you been doing that for? And, and why do you, uh, you know, set aside your phone and all of that during fight week? Um, you know, I've been doing it for, I think, maybe close to like five or six years. Um, for me, uh, it's, it can be a little bit distracting, although I love all of the support and like the positive, you know, like messages from like friends, family, but you also get, you know, like, you know, it takes a lot of energy, like responding to everyone. And then you have people asking, so what time is it going to be on? We're over here watching it here. Just letting you know, like, and back in the day it was like, oh, uh, uh, can we get some free tickets? Like, you know, or where do we get tickets? What do I like people asking questions and it's, you know, I just really need to focus on me and like I, my personality, I tend to want to really like, you know, take care of people and make people are sure people feel good. But like for this week, it needs to be selfish. It needs to be about me. And that's kind of an understanding that you have with, with those uh, in your community and your family that, uh, that would be reaching out to you. They know that you're not available. Yeah, to be honest, even in camp, most of my friends know that, you know, I'm I'm not one to like hang out or or do anything much. So I think after all these years, I think it's uh, over 11 years of fighting. I think they all kind of, you know, they all kind of get it by now. So right now you're in quarantine and, you know, having a phone on is a great distraction. If you want to think about something else, you want to go drift off and enter that world. It's, it's a good, convenient thing to have. But if you're, you know, putting it aside, what do you do with your thoughts, with, you know, with your time during this quarantine period to, I guess, help maintain your focus for this week? Honestly, like being on like quarantine isn't really much different than my normal like <laughs> protocol when I get here. I, I usually just kind of unwind, relax, um, take recovery bath, like chug on my water, eat my meals, like you know, just unpack, like do interviews, you know, so I, I feel like my time has been actually pretty busy, you know, even, uh, even on quarantine. And what about your headspace during, uh, during fight week? Does it, does it change? Do you, you know, try to kind of focus inwards during this time? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I definitely tend to get like really focused a little bit more quiet in my own, not in my own head, like in a bad way, but just kind of very focused on the task at hand, like what do I have to do, like very like planning things in my head, you know, uh, re, uh, putting the fight through my head, like, you know, how I wanted to go and, you know, things like that. There was a time where you had lost two in a row. At that stage, I'm guessing you knew what it would take to get back to where you are right now to, to possibly contend for the title again, uh, you know, with a win this weekend. 
what did it take for you to, to kind of get over that, to, to get over back-to-back -back losses and to refocus yourself for, uh, you know, the ultimate prize in the division? Um, honestly, it took a lot of, a little bit of everything. You know, I, I went back, I studied my fights. I see why, why I lost. I focused on those technical aspects. I, I looked at, Hey, you know, like I'm a lot smaller than the majority of the women in this division. Like, how do I like, quote unquote, get bigger? How do I get stronger? And I've been like, for the first time in my life, you know, instead of just eating like fast food and doing whatever because it was easy to make weight. Now it's like I'm actually like really applying like science to it. I've been working with like Clint for a couple of years at the PI and he's like really helped me get stronger. Um, yeah, just the mental like mindset change. I really I started doing some reading, changing like my mindset, uh, you know, entering, you know, these fight camps and stuff. What kind of books were you reading? I mean, and, and what, what about your mindset was, I guess, the number one thing about changing? Um, let me see. Oh, look, I you're actually gonna pull the book out now. I like this. This is this is I actually good. have it right here. <laughs> uh, the power of your subconscious mind. Um, and then I had uh, another one I just read, uh, The Secret. Um, it's really popular. Uh, you know, just kind of like just keeping my mindset like positive, like getting rid of all that negativity, like just envisioning like my win and you know, and things like that. I think, uh, I think I was really like, tend to be really negative in the past and, you know, like, Oh, well, I'm going to lose or what if this, what if that? And, you know, just really changing my mindset has really helped. Apparently Conor McGregor found the secret to be the book that really helped change his mindset and his mentality years before he joined the UFC. Apparently he had read it and it was uh, a, a massive tool for his success. Oh, for sure. It's so crazy. Like, when you change your mindset, how much in your life can just, it just seems to just go right. Everything, you know, it, it's crazy. So for this particular fight, how do you see it going? Are you, are you planning on making her life difficult for three rounds or are you going to be looking for a submission early or are you just going to take what comes? Um, I'm, I've honestly really been working on, you know, getting like securing a finish. So, you know, like, Fingers crossed, like I've been envisioning that in my head. I've been working towards that. I've actually been working on that like the last, you know, year, over a year, like really working on, you know, I've had, had a lot of time off in between my last fight, um, you know, just kind of waiting to see what would happen with a potential title shot. And um, I've just really been like focusing on like getting this finish. I, so, you know, like fingers crossed, like it's, it's, it's in my head, want that bonus, you know. And you were supposed to face Zhang Veili in December. What ended up happening with that fight? At least it had never really been reported, but from what I understand from some of your previous interviews, that was on the table. Yeah, definitely. It was on the table. Um, you know, I think there was some negotiation problems on the other end, and um, they were just like, well, whatever, we'll just, you know, have Carla step in. And they were like, can you do this fight on three weeks? I think it was, uh, you know, uh, one of the last cards in you know, in the U.S. before they went to Abu Dhabi. And I was like, I looked at my stomach and I was like, oh, but I was like, I'm not turning this opportunity down. I was like, for sure. Like, I'm down to take this fight. And I accepted. But I think on uh, on the other end, I don't know whether it was, you know, like just concerns of, you know, fighting the U.S. and COVID or, or, or weight or a combination of different things. But um, it didn't end up happening. Kept waiting every day, like, what's the news, what's the news, what's the news, you know, and, um, you know, 
kind of out of my control, but like I know in my heart that I'm down and I always have been down to face whoever. So, you know, it's just a matter of time for me before, you know, I get that shot. Now, be honest with me. When you find out that the fight's off, is it kind of a relief? I mean, you, you have to change your entire, you know, the, the entire mindset in, in order to prepare for a title fight. And you have to get right into camp and all of that. And I, I imagine with the holiday season coming up and, and everything uh, ahead, was it almost a relief that you didn't have to take such a, an important fight on such short notice? Well, honestly, like, I mean, it was it was both. Like, it was obviously, like, the weight cut was like, oh, this is going to be rough. This is going to be the first hard weight cut I've ever had in my life. Like, I was going to be like, oh, man. And then I was like, okay, let me get on the phone with the chef and have someone come live with me. And I'm going to be running every day. Like, you know, but for me, it was like, you do those things because the opportunities are worth it. And I was like, you know, yes. You know, it took me like two seconds. I was like, yes, I'll take it, you know. <laughs> So if you are successful this weekend and, and ideally, you know, they say, hey, we're going to put you up against Rose next. When would you like that to be? Do you have something in mind? I mean, obviously, they're going to go to the champion when she'd like it to be. But in a perfect world, when would you like to face uh, the champion should you be successful this weekend? Um, I think, you know, if that were my choice, I'd definitely like to do it before the year is over. Maybe like, you know, obviously, if no injuries, you know, whatever, like maybe sometime September to December within that range would be, would be, would be a favorite, would be my best choice. Do you think that your wrestling is going to play a massive role in this fight? I don't think that Shaunan, well, I, I know that Shaunan has not fought a better wrestler in the strawweight division because right now in the strawweight division, there's not a better wrestler than you. So do you think that that's going to be a major key for success this weekend? I mean, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. I think that uh, wrestling is going to be you know, can potentially be the, be the determining factor, whether that means I'm getting takedowns or whether that means my the fear of the takedown is setting up my strikes. Like, I, I definitely think that wrestling will be, you know, huge in this fight. All right, Carlo, it's a pleasure uh, catching up with you. Best of luck this weekend. It's the co-main event yourself and Yan Xiaonan. Major stakes for the women's strawweight division. We, uh, we hope to see you have a, the rematch of the first ever women's strawweight fight. This time you'll be on the other side of the cage, but uh, we look forward to it. Uh, thanks for uh, everything and uh, appreciate your time. Cool. Thank you so much. I'm now joined by the number three ranked lightweight in the world, Benil Darius. That must sound good. I mean, this is a division of sharks. It's one of the toughest divisions to excel in in the world. And here you are, number three. It doesn't sound bad, to be honest with you. It, it really doesn't. But um, you know what would sound better? champion i think that would sound better so as as good as that sounds i'm i'm, I'm still not uh i'm still hungry well absolutely uh and i know you're kind of hitting the pause button for probably the rest of the year maybe till december uh just to enjoy uh, your newborn is coming along in, in about five weeks time uh are you happy you're gonna get to see how things shake out and, and another thing is i guess with you being number three and we kind of know where this division's going we know what the roadmap is right now at least probably until the end of the year do you feel like you have that luxury to kind of sit back, knowing you're pro you probably wouldn't have gotten the title shot even with another win, you know, in 2021? I I think, you know, it, it's um, I think you have to pick sometimes what's more important: is your career more important, or is your family more important? And I think uh, family is definitely more important for me. So, with that being said, I'm I'm willing to risk whatever it is that it's going to cost me to make sure I get the time in with my daughter. And uh, also, if you look at the division, you know, it's it's a little bit uh, backed up. Yeah, Connor and Dustin have to fight. 
You, you Justin Gagey doesn't even have a fight yet. There's a lot of guys who need to fight to figure things out too. And so I'm not I'm not really in a rush. So that, that's the other thing. And it seems to me that Justin Gaethje isn't somebody that you're you're looking actively to face. I mean, I'm sure if it came along, it came along. But you guys are pretty close, from what I understand. Yeah, I mean, we're we're close, but I, you know, I'm I'm not gonna. If, for example, if I'm the champion, I'm not gonna get in his way of being uh, like fulfilling his dream or or vice versa, you know. So I understand that we'll fight. Ideally, I would like to fight for the belt. And uh, the other thing is, man. The guy has nuclear weapons in his hand, so I'm, I'm trying to avoid that guy for as long as I can. Yeah, I don't believe me. I posted a stat, actually, after you beat Tony, coincidentally, that uh, I think guys that have lost to Justin Gaethje, I think the stat was like 5-19 and won no contest or something And you know after that. So, so yeah, th- this is a guy who changes careers. Yeah, trust me. I'm uh, <laughs> Nuclear weapons, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's not even fair. Well, I mean, hey, you, you found a way to, uh, to offset uh, a lot of that over the course of your career. And uh, we, we saw with Tony this past weekend uh, a very, very measured approach. This was a, a, the way that you thought was, the, I guess, the path of least resistance to beat Tony. And people were, were wondering, you know, why isn't Benil keeping on the feet? It seems like you had a strategy. You stuck with it to a T, and it worked perfectly. Yeah, I mean, I didn't feel at risk on the feet. I just, I just didn't feel like he had anything for me on the ground and I in the press conference he mentioned something oh uh, you, you can't take me down or I'm not gonna get taken down and then he mentioned something about uh, taking me down and breaking my rib and I just thought to myself dude you have no clue how much I wrestle you have no you have no clue how much time I spent on the mat wrestling you, you, you so I think maybe that that was part of it and then the night before my fight, I was on YouTube just uh, watching wrestling, and I watched a couple of guys that I really like. Uh, one of them is Yazdani. I'm a big fan of him. He's got a cool underhook stuff and then that, that, that I like to copy and, and try to work. And then I watched, uh, I watched Taylor and uh, uh, David Taylor. And it, I, while watching these guys, I kind of got inspired. Taylor was able to, to just win the fight just from – constantly shooting and and Yazdani was ahead he was the better overall guy in my opinion in terms of technique but he just wasn't the better guy in terms of conditioning and, and uh the pressure of the takedown so that kind of inspired me too I was like you know what I'm gonna do this to Tony everybody says Tony's a cardio machine let's see let's see if, if he's a cardio machine and and uh honestly I, after the first round I can feel his arms. His arms were not the same. They were so heavy. I can feel the heaviness in his arms. The fact that he couldn't grip me the same way. He couldn't push me the, like he did before at the end of the round. So I was like, you know what? I could do this all day, and he can't. So let's go. Yeah, again, it, it, you're looking to move into the top three of the lightweight division at this point in time. Stay, standing with him, there's just a little bit, little bit more of a risk. I think that you were fine on the feet with him, but there's a little bit more of a risk than if you're, you have top control knowing your, your grappling credentials. Yeah, and actually, to be honest, with when I still with him, I didn't feel any risk. He was like doing some goofy stuff where he was spinning and 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 uh, and just kind of like he would he would like pick up his knee and then back up. He would pick up his knee and back up, and then I just ah man, I um I, I was I was tired of Tony at that point. I was just ready to be over with it. So I, I was just like, all right, you're going down. Do you worry that there are diminishing returns from beating Tony Ferguson at this stage? You know, you talk about how easy it was to beat him. He's now lost three in a row. Did not look good. And if you look at the amount of time he's been controlled in these last three fights and the amount of significant strikes he's been able to land combined in these last three fights, 
it looks like we're looking at a Tony who's past his peak. Uh, I mean, at 37 years old, I guess that's fully natural. But do you feel like there are diminishing returns from getting this win at this stage? You know, I, yeah, to be honest with you, I get it. People are talking more about his, uh, his diminishing state than they are about me, which is fine. But guess what? I have that number three ranked next to my uh, name, and that's going to allow me to, uh, to get a very big fight next. And that's, that's really all I care about. My, I'm, I'm, I'm just here to do you know, one thing, and that's fight the best people that I can. And uh, that's what I'm doing. Hey, I guess ultimately, at the end of the day, if you're getting that big fight and you win that big fight, that, that, that narrative, you know, that gets diminished. It goes away. Right, exactly. So I, I needed Tony to be able to get the bigger fights. So if people don't like the, the performance or the, they think Tony's diminishing, I'm fine with me. Give me a bigger name. Give me somebody. Uh, uh, give me somebody better. Give me somebody higher. Let's let's figure out where I stand. Now, one guy you were matched up with fairly recently was Charles Oliveira. That fight uh, fell apart, uh, but now here we are. He's the champion. Uh, a guy here you, we are. Yeah, a guy <laughs> that you likely wanted to face. Uh, he's now the champion. He didn't have to beat anybody uh, after the after you guys were matched up. So that's that's how high up in the rankings he is. What did you think of his performance? And uh, how long do you think Charles holds the belt for? I mean, the matchups for him right now going forward are very difficult. Um, so. I, I watched the fight uh, afterwards because I was I was doing the interviews and everything, and he looked overall very good. And one thing I was really impressed with was the fact that in the first round he was having trouble, but he came back. And that's you know uh, that's something he struggled with before. You know, typically he's ahead of the game, and and if he's ahead, he's doing fine. And then if if he falls behind, he he, he um, falls apart quickly, and he didn't in this fight. So that was really impressive to me. And uh, as far as how long he'll hold the belt, that depends. If I get the next title shot, it won't be for long. Well, then let's look at the guys that I, I think people are, would mostly speculate that he would be facing next. So probably the winner of Dustin and Connor uh, and Justin Gaethje, I think, are the three right now, especially with yourself on the shelf for the rest of the year. Those would be the three, I think, obvious candidates. Uh, of course, Connor would have to beat Dustin Poirier to be in that mix. But of those three guys, rank them for Charles Oliveira in terms of matchup from difficulty to least difficult. I think it would go probably it's like Dustin or Justin. You can like those two are like irreversible and then and then Connor. I think um I think Dustin's just a dog. He can go 5 rounds and and he gets tougher as the rounds get tougher. He's he's a He's a very strange individual because, you know, in the first round, you'll see him hurt. In the second round, you'll, you, he's like kind of slowing down. In the third, in the fourth, in the fifth, he just comes alive. And you're like, who the heck is this guy? He just got better. You know, that's not typical. So Dustin would be the, the difficult for Charles in that. And, and then um, Justin Gagey, you know, crazy power in his hands. And he has good takedown defense. That's that's going to be problem. For that's going to be a problem for anyone. That guy's going to be a problem for anybody. And then Connor, Connor, again, Connor. If he doesn't finish him in the first or the second, he's he's going to have a long night. So that's that's the thing with Connor. Now let's go into fantasy land for a second. If Khabib decided to come out of retirement and face Charles Oliveira, how does Charles stack up against him? I think pretty well, to be honest with you. I I, I think if you look at it, I think what would happen is um, Charles will come out. And he would be as wild as he can with his strikes and, and um, 
throw as much as he can before he gets taken down. And and uh, once he's taken down, he's going to be as aggressive as he can off of his back, trying not to take any damage. And then, you know, the round starts again or he finds a way to get up and then he repeats that. And then hopefully in that process, he he um, he finds a chink in the armor of uh, Habib. That's 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 the way I would see that fight. And then also, you never know. Charles might look, look for a takedown because nobody really tries to take Habib down. And. When you look at Charles, you're somebody who has a, a vast grappling background. Do you feel like anybody has adapted BJJ to mixed martial arts better than Charles Oliveira? Um, I want to say me, but uh, I, I think I've uh, I wrestled more. But uh, so I'm, I'm I'm more focused on wrestling than I uh, than, than he is. So uh, in terms of just pure BJJ. At the moment, no. I, I, you know, back back when Damian Maya was doing his thing, you you, you couldn't really say anybody but Damian Maya because he just did jujitsu. I mean, all he did was take down or pull guard and, and do jujitsu. Obviously, Charles has uh, great striking and he uses that striking to set up his jujitsu. So, uh, not right now, to be honest. I mean, we'll see. Ryan Hall, he's still around. We just don't see him fighting too much. So we'll we'll see what happens in the next couple of years. I think he's got something lined up, uh, Ilya Tapuria, if I recall. So I think, I think he's got something on the docket. We just need to see if it comes together. Yeah, so that's the other thing. There's a lot of good BJJ guys. They just don't fight as much as uh, we'd, like, we'd like them to. Now, people talk about Coach of the Year. A lot of people talking about Khabib, James Krause. Where's Master Rafael Cordero in this conversation? I mean, look at what this guy's done this year. He's got yourself. Look at what Giga just did recently. Marvin Vittori fighting for the title. Uh, he's got a lot of good chess pieces on the board right now. He, he, you know, people just don't realize he kind of transcends time uh, in, in terms of martial arts because he was before Pride, where it was like Valley Tudo of Brazil, he was a fighter and an active coach and he was doing well. After, then he went into Pride and obviously, you know what he did in Pride. He had so many guys in Pride and they were amazing. And then in the UFC, he's had guys for the past 10 years. So... It's it, it, people forget about him is because he's been there for so long and he's been doing it for so long and and, and he just continues to produce uh, amazing people and that's not an easy thing because most coaches they get this one formula and they stick with that one formula and they think it's going to work forever but he's constantly changing and constantly adapting and I think that's what makes him so special so I would like to see him in the picture but I also understand why he's not in the picture is because he's been around for so long. People just like, all right, what are we going to do? Just give this guy the, the award every year? Well, I mean, hey, if Marvin wins the title, I, I don't think he can be denied at this point in time. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of really good coaches. Right? I think, I mean, you look at uh, Trevor Whitman with, uh, with Rose and Kamaru as champions. I mean, I think he's the only coach right now that has two champions. But, you know, be that as, as it may, I think that if Marvin Vittori is able to beat Israel as undefeated as a middleweight, I think that you have to start putting some respect on coach's name once again, I agree with you a thousand percent. It's just we'll see if they, they actually do it, you know. I mean, there's also the draw, though. I think that takes away from it. The draw earlier this year and the, the very, very closely contested boxing match between Mike Tyson and uh, Roy Jones Jr. Very close. Judges just couldn't <laughs> figure it out. Oh, man, come on. That wasn't even close. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's the other thing. That's the cool thing. It's been he he's he's been even more inspired lately just because he worked with Tyson like he got so inspired it like overflowed into us and i, I think you're seeing that a lot in in, in our uh, in our camp right now everybody's just on fire 
that's cool to hear. So you think him working with Mike Tyson kind of gave him a, a little bit of a renewed energy uh, with you guys? You should have seen the way he would walk into the gym because he would either he would either go there first or he would uh, uh, come to us first and then go there. And every time he would go there and then come back and he'd just like have this extra pep in his step and and he'd be a little bit louder and, and a little bit more more just you know excited and and it's just and new techniques all the time be like this and that and this and that and it's just you know it's it's fun to see because for me actually it it, it was really good because I, I saw a lot of things that tyson does uh, defensively that would be great for me because i'm a wild man and and uh it, it, those defensive things really work well for a wild guy like me all right, last thing I want to ask you about is, is the fight itself and how you talk about that that's kind of your 15 minutes of getting to be selfish during the course of the years when you're, when you're in there. It doesn't seem like you remember much about the fight. When you're asked about it after the fact, it feels like you are kind of in a flow state and you're just, you're just working with it. Do you, because uh, I guess they had asked you about the darts that Tony had and you, you were just like, I, I, don't, I don't remember what it was like. Is that what it feels like once the fight ends? You kind of, it, it's almost a race from memory and you have to go back and watch it? It's like a blink of a blink of the eye. It's it's gone. It's so weird because you know what's crazy in the fight. It feels like time is slowing down for me when I'm fighting. I, I remember in the first thirty seconds with Tony, and uh, I remember he tried to throw a jab. I, I I put a left hand onto him, and I remember time just being slow. And and everything after that kind of just goes into into one thing. I I I don't know how to explain it. I, I, when you, when you, you know, ask me about a certain thing, I can kind of remember and, 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 uh, break it down for you. But, and, and if I watch it later, it definitely helps. But I just remember having a few thoughts and after those few thoughts, everything kind of just, uh, flows from there. All right, Benil, it was a pleasure catching up with you. Uh, congratulations, top three in the world. And I'm guessing next time we catch up, you'll have uh, another member added to your family, which is a blessing for you and your wife. Uh, congratulations on that. And uh, congrats on all your success. Thank you. And, and hopefully, God willing, maybe it'll be a belt added too, you know, because you never know. They might just toss me, toss me in there. I know you're saying all these guys are ahead, but I'm, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping uh, they'll toss me in. I'm the only one with an actual streak. I'm going to argue with you on that because I'm going to talk to you before that fight. So like if, if you do have that fight, <laughs> that won't be the next time we speak. It'll be before that fight. Unless you're okay, taking perfect, a day of, and it's like this last-minute thing where they call Benil, he throws his cape on, gets down to the weigh-ins, weighs in, and then he's fighting the next day. That's the only off chance in which I will not speak to you before you compete for the belt. So I'm just, put, I'm just, I'm just clarifying that. I'm not, I'm not going to let you yeah. evade me. All right, you got it. I'm, <laughs> and if I, if I need to, I'll get that cape, though. He is the one Arjun Singh Buller. Right now he is the one heavyweight champion after a big win over Brandon Vera. It aired uh, just over the weekend. I guess you've known for a couple of weeks that you were the champion. But now that it, you know, has it sunk in? You've been in quarantine for about 14 days and... Uh, has it sunk in now that you are the the heavyweight champion of the world? Yeah, it, it was a, <clears throat> what a what a roller coaster, you know. Um, first, you 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 live it and you celebrate with, I guess, your close, you know, coaches and and, and family, and now you you celebrate and live it again. So it's a, definitely a weird feeling that I don't think I'll ever go through again. But um, main thing is we got the job done, and and I couldn't be happier. Were people lighting you up before it aired, asking if you had won, and you just have to ignore those texts? Oh, absolutely. We're looking for people to take the bets and, uh, you know, uh, people pressuring family and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So a, a lot of crazy things was, uh, things were happening on our end. But 
all good problems to have, you know? I guess when you're in quarantine, you're not going to have people bugging you in person. So that's, it's easier to ignore phone calls and texts than it is to ignore people that are, that are walking up to you. Absolutely. That made things, that made life a lot easier. Um, I had signed an NDA, all the athletes as well. So um, as long as I stayed off my phone in terms of that, um, you know, I, I, I made it through. You know, one thing I really admire about you, and I think it's the reason why you ended up with one championship, is that you're, you are always putting your brand first. You want to make sure that you're taken care of, that they are promoting you properly, and that was one of the big reasons why you went to one championship. Uh, do you feel like it's worked out well in that regard? I mean, obviously, you, you have gotten this title shot. It finally happened. It was signed a couple times. Uh, but do you feel like you're now one of the faces of that promotion? Absolutely. And, um, you know, no one's going to take care of me before me. So, um, and then no one's going to take care of my family before me. So it, it's always myself first. I'm not here for a popularity contest. I'm not here to feel cool and, and, you know, have a access to a fancy training center, you know, uh, like a PI or whatever. I've seen Olympic training centers for many, many years. I've traveled the world. It's not about any of that kind of stuff. I'm feeling special. I know I'm special. It's a confidence thing. Um, and I know what my brand can do and is. Um, and I know what my uh, talent can do, and and we're showing that now. We're unlocking that now. So um, I think we've done a great job. We we pushed the envelope uh, as much as we could, um, you know, with the UFC before. Um, and and one embraces that. They embrace creating superheroes. They um, that was their biggest pitch to me. We're going to India. We this is how we see you, uh, your role with us, and we want, want you to lead it. And all that is happening. So I'm just I'm just very happy. And with what's going on in India right now, ma massive numbers for the coronavirus and a lot of deaths, sadly, uh, must be very difficult for you to see what's going on there. But do you feel uh, ha happy that you at least would have lifted some spirits there with, with winning and becoming the first Indian champion in mixed martial arts? Yeah, it's, it's really sad what's happening out there. And, um, you know, their, their health infrastructure isn't like anything in the West. They're just completely run over. They can't even find places to cremate bodies. Um, and like it's it's... You want even even the ones that are passing, you want them to pass with dignity. And, and you know, they're not even being allowed that. So it's, it's very sad. Um, you know, we have a lot of family out there, a lot of family friends. Um, and everyone's been touched by this. There's not a single contact that we have that hasn't been touched. And I'm, I'm going to we're going to we're getting involved on the foundation side of things um, in, the, in the next little while here to, to help out as much as we can, even though we have been. Um, but, but to make it a bigger, bigger uh, piece uh, on the back end of this win. So I'm excited about that and use the platform for that. Um, aside from that, yeah, the hope was um, to distract, to to give some positivity, some hope, some happiness, and, and take away from that harsh reality um, through this event and through this fight. And I think we did that. That is the response that we received back home. And there were several uh, Indian fighters on the card. Uh, and even a fellow Canadian, uh, Gurdarshan Singh, was on the, the card as well. So did, did people... Um, did that resonate with a lot of people? Have you heard a lot of feedback about people in India watching it and being proud of being represented uh, in the sport? Absolutely. You know, I got I got asked these questions. You know, uh, heading in, um, that hey, how do you feel about you know uh, sports and, and and this being pushed? Because uh, cricket in the country shut down. There's no there's nothing else happening. And I'm a big believer. Sports brings back brings people together uh, in, in in dark times. Uh, you know. One of the examples I use, look at the 36 Olympics. You had the Nazi regime. You know, Jesse Owens' story stands there. It uh, stands the test of time, what it was able to do. Um, rally rally the people, rally spirits. Um, and, and I felt that this 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 event could do that, and it did do that. Um, and shout out to Ritu Pogut as well. She was on the card. She's she's That, that girl is an animal. Um, she's got a very, very um, 
famous family in India, the Fogarts that's been captured in the Bollywood infamy for Dungle the movie, um, highest grossing movie of all time when it came out, and, and just she, I, I got a lot of a lot of um, a, a lot of praise for that girl. I think she won her fight, and she should still be undefeated. But she's going to do great things for the sport in the country. Now, going from sports to sports entertainment, you had mentioned after the fact that you're looking to expand your horizons and go into the world of pro wrestling. And I know you've had your eyes on this world for some time. Uh, Jinder Mahal is a friend of yours, for example. But I know that you're represented by CAA. And I know that the WWE is run by Nick Khan. It was a big, a big wig over at CAA for some time. So you have the connections. Am I reading into this a little bit too far? You, you do your homework. Hey, listen, um, I don't handle management. I don't handle talks with people. I pick fights. And I've picked a fight with two individuals. That's Bobby Lashley and that's Jake Hager. These guys... I uh, think they're tough guys. They think they're 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 you know Bellator fighters. Uh, you know Coker's never gonna let me fight their guy over at Bellator. So this is the only way to do it. Is it's in the squared circle. I'm picking a fight with his guys, and I'm picking a fight with Jake Hager and Bobby Lashley. Have you uh, had any talks as of yet? I mean, it, like I said, it has been some time since the event happened, but only a couple days since you you kind of made that statement that you you made your voice heard that you wanted to uh, have a foray into this world. Yeah, we have been having talks. And like I said, um, you know, it's going to come down to who's going to put their guy on the line. You know, uh, Lashley's a big, 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 tough, strong guy, NAIA wrestling champ, um, fighter uh, and champion in the WWE. Will they open the door and allow us to get it on? Um, then you got Tony Khan over at AEW. Um, we share the same platform. He's Jericho's bodyguard, JK. He's supposed to be a tough guy over there, all-American wrestler, wrestle for Oklahoma. Um you know, and he's supposed to be a tough guy and a fighter and blood and guts and all that. So let's see, put it on the line. I want to bring my title in and uh, I want to get busy with these guys. All right. Well, so so the Nick Khan connection, there is something there. You, you, you know, I know that the people that represented you must know him very well. He's a former teammate of CAA, obviously. He's, he's one of our guys. So uh, they poached him for a reason. Um, and I'll, I'll let I'll let the guys, my, my team, work those contacts and connections and Again, we're not we're not we're not um, we're not asking for something that's not there. We're not asking uh, him to work magic. This thing makes sense, uh, and we have relationships. That's how things get done in life, and and that's what it is. We're picking a fight. It's a, I'll tell you right now, Aaron. I've been training for this. Um, Jinder didn't come back um, the same week I'm fighting. Uh, ironically, that was planned, and and he came back the same time. And we've talked about this. And, and that's what we're doing is we're picking a fight with Bobby Lashley. So you've been doing some pro wrestling training on the side? I've been working in quiet with Jinder. Uh, he's been out of action for a while. Um, and that, that's, that's what we're planning is this, uh, is this run here. So if it's, if it's Vince, great. If it's Tony, um, that's okay as well. But I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that without saying too much. Um, we're, we got a plan and I'm picking a fight and that's what it is. Can you do a proper drop kick? I, hey, Aaron, you wait till I hit that squared circle. You wait. Um, everyone considered me just a wrestler until they saw the hands in MMA. Um, everyone considers me just an MMA fighter. Wait till we get busy in there. So um, I don't need just a drop kick. I can throw head kicks. I can throw low kicks. I can take guys down. There's going to be a proper fight, Aaron. Uh, that's why I'm picking a fight with these guys. Well, in, in pro wrestling, you're actually one of the smaller guys, right? Like you're a big guy in mixed martial arts, but you're probably with 230, 240 in, in pro wrestling. That's not that big. Sure, but but that's what it is, man. Um, you know, look at one of the famous Canadians, Bret Hart. He was never one of the biggest guys, um, but he had the biggest heart. 
right? And uh, he's able to run through guys and, and get to the top of the chain. Um, so it's not necessarily how big the guys are. Recently, you got guys like Daniel Bryan that came through, if we're talking WWE. You're talking about John Moxley over AEW. These guys aren't huge guys. The game has changed. But I am legit. That's the main thing. Um, and I'm willing to put up my credentials against either one of those guys. And let's get it on. And this might be a dumb question because I'm sure one championship would love the publicity of you going and doing pro wrestling. But is there anything in your contract that would preclude you from doing this? Nope. We made sure when we signed that we had uh, an out for this. And we got to run it through the company and all that. But we have an out. Um, and uh, we're, we're buttoned up on our end. So it's about the other side coming to the table. And we're ready to go. So is it an out or is it something that just allows you to do both at the same time? Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about intricacies of the deal, but I don't have a problem on my end. Let's put it that way. Um, we're able to do this. Otherwise, I wouldn't cut that promo. All right. Now, in terms of one championship, uh, if you are going to defend the heavyweight championship, uh, who do you believe is next? Who, who's next in line for that? Yeah. Um, you know, as we were going through, uh, me and Vera booked multiple times. Um, and it, was, it just wasn't happening. At one time, it was discussed uh, to fight Amir Ali Akbari. Um, I'm familiar with him from the wrestling world. Uh, he's banned for life, for doping, uh, lifetime cheat. Um, he wasn't able to go to the Olympics for that, but he is a world champion. Um, and then he was signed with the UFC as well. Um, so I'm familiar with him. He's an AK Thailand product, all of those things. And he was talking a lot of shit. So they had us matched up for, for a minute there uh, behind the scenes. Um, but then he went out and he laid an egg. He got, he got punched out by a Korean heavyweight, um, who actually finished his teammate off within the same month right before. So for me, it makes sense for me to get busy with that Korean while the rest of the division and Amir figure things out. Um, his name is Kang Ji Won. He's a Southpaw. He's out of Korea. Um, I call him the Iranian killer and he's young. He's undefeated. I think that's the guy. Well, as long as he's not the Indian killer, then you're okay because you're not from Iran. Amir hey. Ali Akbari, he can go after. But for you, until, until he beats you, that's going to remain his nickname. Oh, he's the Iranian killer. And, and that's what it is. He's not the Indian killer at all. Uh, we're a different breed. So um, Amir isn't me. His teammate, uh, actually, I think they were both Amirs. Um, they're not me. So we're, we, we, just, we, just, we just got this thing started. The train's not stopping at, uh, at Kangji 1. It's going to keep running. All right, well, we'll have to see how it all shakes out. Not sure if you end up in the squared circle or back in the cage uh, with one championship. Hopefully it's a bit of both because we love uh, watching you compete. Uh, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. And uh, all the best to you and your family going forward. I appreciate it, Aaron. I appreciate the time and the continued support. You've been here since day one. And everybody else, tune in. Um, exciting times ahead as we, as we work this out. A huge thank you to all of our guests on the TSN MMA Show interview edition for this week. Cody Garbrandt, Rob Font, Carla Esparza, Benil Dariush, Arjun Buller. And as I mentioned off the top, some more interviews to get to later this week. You'll tune into the standard TSN MMA show, and we'll throw some interviews at the end of that show with Shannon Knapp, the uh, president of Invicta, recently sold to a uh, Toronto-based company, Anthem, headed by Len Asper. She'll join us on the show. We'll also have Rory McDonald, of course, uh, whose most recent bout was just announced for PFL 5, the main event against Glayson Tebow, two UFC vets scrapping it out. And uh, we will also be joined by Felicia Spencer, who most recently fought for the women's featherweight title, back in action in the featherweight division against Norma Dumont this weekend. So lots more to get to later this week. And uh, one little thing I'd like to ask of you, it doesn't, it doesn't take too much, I promise. 
go to iTunes or wherever you get this podcast, be it Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get these podcasts, and leave a positive review. That's all, I, that's all I'm, ask, I'm asking of you after hearing this great show. Not much. Easy peasy. Do that for us. Helps us out. Helps the show. I don't ask for much in return. We don't have any ads on this show. It's just pure content, pure gold. We give it to each and every week. And all we ask for is a, a little bit of hespect, so to speak. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. And uh, no event next week, but we, I'm sure we'll have plenty of interviews to get to. The world of MMA never sleeps. We just continue to churn along, truck along, and uh, provide you with some wonderful interviews. So hope, hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.